0: Sky FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Six minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. How are you doing on this uh Slightly overcast Thursday afternoon I hope that you're well And it's been quite a week Just last week we had our 60 pledges in 60 minutes challenge Uh, Mike Rubenstein, mental and life coach Was in the studio doing some live coaching sessions It was amazing Um, I've had so many people say Wow, I learned fantastic things So I'm glad you enjoyed it And of course we were really trying to push To raise funds for the Jerusalem Marathon And you came to the party Um, Michael put it out there Let's try and see if we can reach sixty thousand, and thanks to you, we did, and very generous donors. So obviously, then a few hours later, when we were told that the Jerusalem Marathon has not been cancelled, it has been postponed. It it was very very disappointing news. The, the whole entire Dr. Link team have been working so hard to put everything together. Of course, all the runners, I mean, I'm talking about how I've been running, running, running and uh, getting fit and getting ready. And so have so many other um, people who've been um, preparing um, on behalf of the DL Link team and getting us there. But the good news is that the Jerusalem Marathon hasn't been canceled. It has been postponed and has been postponed until October. And I just want to say, you know, this coronavirus, 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 it is absolutely a reality and it is frightening how quickly it's spreading last week this time we didn't know about any cases in South Africa now so many cases and it's you know this is this is what's happening and people are running to shops and they're filling up their pantries um, and this is how we're responding to this, this catastrophic, or so we think catastrophic virus. Um, and I am not undermining or underestimating how dangerous it is, how quickly it is spreading. I mean, look what it's doing to the economy. Look how airports are just empty at the moment. I just want to say one thing before we um, cross over to Jerusalem to find out a little bit more uh, about the postponing of the Jerusalem Marathon. And that is just breathe. Bring yourself to this moment. You know, we can think about this future and what if someone gets it? And then what if the shops have no food? And then what if the economy collapses? And then what if that affects my job? And, then what, and we can sit here with doing, we can, we can do it. And it fills us with so much fear and so much anxiety. And I'm not saying don't plan and don't be cautious and wash your hands and be careful when you go out in public and do all of those things. Absolutely. But in this moment right now, breathe, just bring yourself back to this moment because we're living through very stressful times where fear is driving every decision. Caution, yes, live in fear. No, it's just, it's not Good for you. It's not good for me. So let's, yes, be open-minded and, and take every precaution that we can, but just bring ourselves back to this moment right now. Breathe this moment right now. We are okay. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, crossing over to Jerusalem, Ilanet Mel- Melchior will be speaking to us. Um, Ilanet is the Tourism Director at the Jerusalem Development Authority. We're talking Jerusalem Marathon and Do they have dates in October? We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link show. Um, on the line I have uh, Ilanit Melch- Melchior, who's the Tourism Director at the Jerusalem Development Authority um, sh- uh, and uh, been that since 2010. In fact, in the Jerusalem, the JDA is responsible for the economic development of Jerusalem, which is a key part of which is tourism and which is an, an economic engine of growth that contributes significantly to the general economy of Jerusalem. So you can imagine to postpone the Jerusalem Marathon was not a decision they took lightly um, and is having a huge impact on Jerusalem, all the people around the world involved, Israelis involved, um, so I have Ilanette on the line to talk more about that. Ilanit, welcome, let's hope we can hear you loud and clear. Well, um, thank you, it's nice hearing your voice. We can hear you and it's lovely to hear your voice as well, Ilanit. so please give us a, a sense of what what the mood is like in Israel generally in terms of this coronavirus. Um,
1: you know, uh, on one hand, people are really following the industrial effect. Uh, Israel has been known now to be very strict, and some would even say even more um, taking more uh, strict steps in order preventing or minimizing the corona effect. Um, and, you and know, it has been also like that in the past in other things Like a security issue And for some reason, you know, we really trust Our government that the steps that they are doing And the policy is actually Proving itself in the long run So mm-hmm. the Israelis are really following But at the same time, you know Israel is a very innovative place And we already have been uh, Working together with the tourism uh, Cluster to see How do we are acting under this, what we think is the plan of the 100 days to recover uh, from everything that is happening and looking also to the future. So just now we are going to establish an online platform mm-hmm. that is going to give the possibility for people that cannot travel to Jerusalem uh, actually mm-hmm. to experience the city while they are back home. So we call it, if you can't travel to Jerusalem, Jerusalem is traveling to you. That sounds
0: so amazing. All in, in, so now I was just saying, if, if it's a the, the line, is a delay. I'm saying that's ima- amazing, Ilanit. So what are you doing to do that? How are you bringing Israel to uh, Jerusalem to the people?
1: So we are uh, telling you basically there is two uh, kind of product. The one, which is for this upcoming period where you cannot uh, travel. So we are uh, offering you virtual tours that you can buy online. Uh, virtual tours, to exhibition, to uh, walking tour in uh, in the old city of Jerusalem. To food, you cannot come to our restaurant. That's okay. We are sharing with you our recipes. Uh, so you do a video chat with our leading chefs. Um, and then, uh, if you can't buy things from Jerusalem, so we are sending you the prayers from the city of Jerusalem. You know, we are giving you the hope. So in that way, we're not only keeping uh, base with our um, clients, with our regular tourists, but we're also offering them for the future to get a discounted voucher. So when everything will be clear and they can use it for a, an upcoming year, they can come and get to all the different businesses and get a 25% discount, whether it's a restaurant or entry to a museum or a sagway tour or whatever that is. So in that way, we also can ensure that our local businesses can trust to have some Income in this
0: very challenging period. Mm. So, so if we have to, and I think it's so innovative, um, Ilanette, if we have to look specifically at the Jerusalem Marathon, as I said, obviously a very difficult decision to make. Well, it wasn't even a decision, you know, by the time it had spread. And there's been so much um, and all so many countries closing borders and airports. And so obviously the, the, the decision would be to postpone the Jerusalem Marathon. So people who are listening to the show right now, Ilanette, it. These are people, many of them who've bought tickets, who've been preparing for the marathon. They've booked accommodation, all of those things. Um, what what can we say to to the people who are listening now? We, we you've sp- postponed it till October. Um, have you got specific dates? What what do you recommend um, for those people who had booked and who are still keen to come in October? Uh,
1: first of all, that we are looking forward welcoming them in october the reason why there's not a specific date yet is that we are all the time monitoring the situation Mm. um but we from what we understand we hope that uh, by october thing will be uh clear and we give the possibility to for people to travel um so you know when you are training for a marathon and i also run and i understand that you are running as well so you know that, so you have more time to exercise and, and, you know, running in the city of Jerusalem is an outstanding experience, but we also want to do it in a time where people are feeling comfortable and secure enough to do that. Uh, so I think that every city around the world today is looking in how to balance between the fact that they want the economy to uh, move forward, but at the same time, they want to take care of the local and also the international people that are coming uh, to the different destinations. So this is why we uh, postpone it. Uh, And, you know, uh, in Israel, we have this, unfortunately, uh, experience of dealing with situation that has not always been comfortable, mm. that have been challenging, but the rapid coming, the recovery is very, very fast here. So once we feel that we can really make sure that there will be a marathon, as any other sport or cultural event, that will give people the possibility to enjoy, to be relaxed and confident, then we will uh, renew. Uh, our different international event and of course the marathon is one of them so i would just tell people continue your training you can just you know improve your results you know running in jerusalem is a challenging it's uphill downhill um it's in beautiful sight uh so
0: uh don't give hope you know Mm. it's going to be there okay i love it um so so ilanit um just to really um, summarize what you said, you are taking every precaution. You cannot uh, give a specific date. Um, you want to know that there is no danger to anyone coming into Israel or for any people living in Israel. Um, and as soon as um, this virus is under whatever kind of control it has to be under, then you will be announcing dates. So as far as booking, um, people must still wait uh, and, and see once, once dates have been specified.
1: Uh, you, I couldn't, you know, summarize it better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sending our hope and prayers. Uh, it's not only the challenge of Israel these days, but, you know, globally. Mm-hmm. And we are looking um, and keeping in touch uh, with other tourism destinations around the world and sharing our experience and ideas. Um, and, you know, we, we can also see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are sending our prayers uh, from you know, the holy spiritual city of Jerusalem.
0: Ilanit, thank you. Thank you for clarifying whatever you could, um, and we appreciate your time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Ilanet um, Melchior, who is the tourism director at the Jerusalem Development Authority. So no specific dates yet. Still hoping for it to be in Jerusalem. It has not been canceled but postponed. It will definitely be picking up. There are going to be all sorts of offers, as you heard from Ilanet. So just keep watching, keep training, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and uh, let's move forward um, as, as best we can. We're going to take a break, and after the break, I'm going to be talking to a very interesting guest by the name of Julia Ker-Henkel, um who actually is a certified uh, Brené Brown facilitator. Um, and so, le- I mean, we couldn't be more vulnerable now if we possibly tried. So let's see if um, Julia can share some words of wisdom to just kind of get us stabilize ourselves um, over this mm, very uncertain period of our of our lives so please stay with us a quick break and we'll be right back ifm 101.9 megahertz of life If you've just tuned in, welcome, welcome. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini with you until 1 o'clock. I mean, if I had said to you a month ago, if I had said that in a month's time, airports are going to be shutting down, you're not going to be able to just fly freely into any country, that um, borders are going to be closing, that you're going to walk into supermarkets and you're going to find empty shelves would you have believed me that in this short space of time it feels like everything has turned on its head and it speaks a lot to how vulnerable we all are without even realizing it and not ever wanting to focus on that kind of vulnerability um, and living fear and with anxiety but rather you know kind of lean into that vulnerability and Live more, live live in this moment and, and try and get the most out of it, which is not easy when we're talking about a virus that is spreading so quickly. People are losing their lives. People are getting sick. Economies are shutting down. So we're going to see in our little worlds how we can make the most of what we have in this moment. So I have Julia Kohinkel in the studio. She is, um, as I said, she's a certified uh, Brene Brown facilitator. Um, also, Julia um, is an author. You've you've written a book, Julia? No, you? not yet. The the, the Dare book is the Brene Brown book. That's I her Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you. You've been coaching for many years.
2: Yeah, I run an organization called Luminos, which is a full-service coaching consultancy. We offer one-on-one coaching, team-based coaching, and then obviously leadership development and facilitation.
0: So why the whole Brene
2: Brown vulnerability Because every single client, whether they're in a corporate or a school or in a community, are facing vulnerability. And the definition of vulnerability is an emotion we all experience, unless we have sociopathic tendencies, Mm -hmm. um, during times of uncertainty, risk and emotional exposure. And this is something, especially now you've been talking about with the coronavirus and all the craziness that's happening in the world, is leaving people feel very, very anxious and very, very vulnerable. The thing is vulnerability is about taking the courage to step into, as you said, lean into some of these situations where one can't control or predict the outcome, but still taking
0: action, still stepping in. So let's, let's talk more about this kind of leaning in and the vulnerability. So every moment we're vulnerable, aren't we?
2: Exactly. So, so what's important to know is I can either just, you know, succumb to that and feel actually quite helpless and hopeless, or I can do, um, something I think very profound and I think quite, um, courageous, which is develop my own courage building skill set. And from Dr. Brene Brown's research and she's, you know, been a researcher for over twenty two years looking at connection, courage, vulnerability, shame, etc., and has written many books, one of which is Dare to Lead that you mentioned, she has said that there are four key skill sets. So courage is not something that you're either born with or it's your personality type Um, You either have it or you don't. Everybody can learn these skills because they are teachable, measurable, and observable. Mm -hmm. And the very first skill set, which is a big one, is rumbling with vulnerability, Mm -hmm. which is really getting... I don't think one will ever get comfortable with it, but really getting um, willing and open to go into some of those situations and conversations is often where we feel most vulnerable, mm-hmm. relationship vulnerability.
0: Mm-hmm. So here, this is, this vulnerability really oppresses um, yeah. a very tender spot, which is the vulnerability around health, um, you know, the lack of control, getting yeah. ill, how yeah. quickly it can spread, um, the vulnerability of relying on other people, the vulnerability of exposure. I'm yes. sick, you're not, then as you said, the vulnerability in expressing your feelings, your fears, your doubts, the connection in relationships. So, so let's let look at let's look at mm. something when people feel very physically vulnerable before, because yeah. we're going to get to the emotional v- sure. vulnerability. I mean, this is a show where we have cancer warriors, we have people who are ill um, when they are diagnosed. So many have described that moment when they it felt like the world stopped, or the moment when sure. their life shifted and it's never mm. been the same since. And not necessarily in a bad way. A lot speaking to how their life expanded and opened up, but that moment when you're told something like that, the vulnerability around, I have no control. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, many will say, if I say
2: to them, tell me about an example of a time you have felt vulnerable, they will say things like waiting for the doctor's results, mm. having to have a hard conversation with somebody, having mm. to apologize about behave badly, having to retrench someone, being retrenched, um, having to bury somebody I love. Um, the vulnerability of grieving, and what we were talking about just to link it to is the vulnerability of anxiety. Yeah. Because anxiety is that feeling of I can't accurately predict or control anything, which is at the heart of vulnerability, and it makes us feel very, very anxious. And of course, it brings up lots of stuff around scarcity and fear, etc. So, we've got to look at what is this thing vulnerability, and many will say that yeah, you know, at the very core of it are some of these very, very hard. Emotions that most of us would rather not Experience but the kicker is Is that it's also at the heart Of love connection belonging And joy which we all want to experience mm-hmm. As humans mm-hmm. and When we're able to lean and in, step into Some of the discomfort around some of those really Hard moments as you said it's not Always a terrible thing that is the outcome In fact it's the opposite we find Courage on the other side we find Resilience you know cancer Warriors cancer survivors yeah. People who are able to reimagine themselves um, Be more innovative Hold themselves and others to account So it is the gateway to a number of really core skills Which I think our world and our society is needing more of So most of us would say Oh my goodness, you know gee, I'd rather not experience vulnerability And I get it And that's why we sometimes say Embrace the suck And because we're in South Africa I'd say embrace the cuck of it It's not great Embrace mm-hmm. <laughs> the cuck, embrace the cuck. <laughs> <laughs> But it's. It's. I can't get to courage and connection and resilience and all those things without rumbling with this thing called vulnerability. Because we live in. A, we live, love,
0: parent, lead run radio stations in a vulnerable world. Mm. Let's break down vulnerability. So Brene Brown, I um, mean she's been a professor, as you said, of research for many, many, many yeah. years. But it was in was it twenty fifteen that she very famously stood up and was it in twenty ten? Wow. Yeah. So long ago. Okay. Yeah. And she stood up and she spoke about her research and she spoke about vulnerability. And in so doing, she became incredibly vulnerable and she spoke about this vulnerability. But what she didn't expect was the positive response that she had because of that. So she herself talking about it, she expressed her vulnerability, she showed a vulnerability and all of a sudden connection, positive feedback and mm-hmm. growing in a whole other area. So we talk about the word vulnerability. Let us break it down. For someone who's listening right now, they could be thinking, well, what does it actually mean yeah. to be vulnerable? Yeah. So in the context you and I are talking about, we're talking about
2: relational vulnerability. I'm not talking about systems vulnerability so i'm not talking about it systems and security and government cr- protocols and all that kind of stuff we do not need vulnerable systems mm-hmm. but the people that are running those systems need to be open vulnerable willing to own up to mistakes otherwise you see lots of cover ups and ethical breakdowns and all sorts of um you know ugly behaviors so vulnerability, and I'll say it quite slowly, if I may, is it's an emotion that we all experience during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. It's not about winning or losing, but it is about leaning into, with courage, situations where we cannot control or predict the outcome. And how do we do that? We develop courage. We develop this ability to work with ourselves and... Um, Build self-awareness Because who we are is how we show up Mm -hmm. And if I'm not aware of the effect of my behavior on others It kind of leaks out on them And there's no longer any excuses for that Mm -hmm. I have to really start owning my own biases And unconscious ways of showing up Um, Another is around Understanding that courage Can be taught, as I said earlier But it's also contagious The thing is, so is anxiety, resentment, resignation, Mm. and we kind of get to choose. So at the moment when there's so much anxiety and you introduce that to people early on your show, is the antidote to anxiety is calm. And it's so easy to say, oh, just be calm. I'm not talking about that. People that are really, really role models of calm, especially during times of crisis like we find ourselves in, they breathe They speak slowly, they ask loads of questions, they don't respond immediately, they say what's going on, where did you find that out, tell me more, what else could be happening here. So there's something about cultivating calm through this as well. Mm. The other thing with vulnerability is that we have to understand that it has both a biology and a biography. So there's a hell of a story we tell ourselves about leaning into situations which feel uncertain. And we can really hype ourselves up into quite an anxious state about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we make stuff up. If I don't have all the puzzle pieces, I'll connect the dots in very strange ways and can be quite dramatic. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So um that's the one thing. And the other thing is that um,
0: um, we... I can't remember what I was going to say. Because I interrupted you and I yeah. said that that was interesting. You were saying how you can sometimes make things up. You, it's like, it's like a, not like a puzzle. You can sometimes just connect things. Yeah.
2: So yeah. So the other thing is that we often think that vulnerability is weakness. Mm. But if you think of some of those examples I gave, which is having a tough conversation, giving somebody some feedback, waiting for those doctor's re- results, you know, burying a loved one or having to go through a grieving process. And there are many, many examples that people will tell you that is not weakness. Is it awkward? Is it painful? Is it difficult? Absolutely, to the bone. But it's not weakness. In fact, it's our most accurate measure of courage.
0: Mm.
2: Can I stay in those situations? Can you sit with that?
0: So, so what are we? What are we afraid of when we run? we being rejected. Yes. Being ostracized. Yeah. So being bacon. pushed out of the tribe. Yeah. Maybe. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So, w- what tends to happen, and what keeps us small, and not be- behaving bravely? Is the little voice of shame Now no one wants to talk about shame mm. The very word itself makes us feel uncomfortable But mm. it's that warm wash that comes over us As Brene talks about Which makes us feel less than And it has a kind of playlist And it says things to each of us Like you're not good enough But that it could also be uh, You're not networked enough You're not um, healthy enough You're not sexy enough mm. You're not rich enough Successful mm. enough Whatever it is But it makes us feel a lot less than The other thing it says is Who do you think you are? You think you're going to go and try and do something brave and, you know, launch a radio station or whatever it is you're doing in your life? So it keeps us small and prevents us from stepping into some of these arenas which are difficult. So that little voice of shame always shows up. The thing is, is that we can never get rid of it because we are wired for connection. Mm -hmm. And the fear of disconnection, which is what happens when shame takes place for all of us, makes us Really want to avoid it. So you can't resist it, but you can build shame resilience, which is about having okay. that critical awareness, mm-hmm. having safe places. I say faces and spaces where you can go to, to, show, to share your story of struggle. I'm really battling. I tried something out yesterday. I was brave, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I really messed something up, and those
0: important. those people, yeah.
2: exactly those people in your life that are not going to just say, "Oh, you're amazing, Nikki silly. they're going to turn around and say, "Wow, that was hard. Yeah, you you did mess that up, but you know what? You're brave and you're vulnerable, and I believe in you. Get back up there."
0: Mm. And you and and you find that when you are, I'm just thinking of examples when you do show a vulnerability and an honesty, people come onto your side. Yeah, because they see your humanity. That's it. It's amazing how you find the support you, you thought you'd never get that
2: kind of support. Exactly, and it feels so risky doing mm-hmm. that. And and this is the this is the big bind. And I think this is why her work has been so profound because none of us, every single one of your listeners, everybody that I work with, if I say to them, raise your hands right now, who here was you know raised believing that vulnerability was a great idea? Who here wants to feel more vulnerable? No one will put their hands up. Mm. But who was raised? being taught that to be brave was important. We do this with our children. Everybody, we say, come on, be brave, you know, get back out there. So you can't get to courage without rumbling with this thing called vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had to say to you and your listeners, think about a time where you have been brave. You maybe have taken a risk. You've gone to a difficult place or conversation. What role did vulnerability play? Feeling uncertain, not knowing how that was going to pan out. Did it feel risky, maybe even emotionally exposing yourself? The two are like laminated together. So like, you know, Forrest Gump would say they go together like peas and carrots. (laughs) So courage and vulnerability are always right there. And there's, you know, now there's tons of research around that. So we've got to bust a lot of myths around vulnerability. It's not weakness and it's not disclosure, sharing all my personal details inappropriately. Yeah, because some people think, oh, this is a sort of manipulation mechanism to hotwire connection. No, that just feels icky
0: and inauthentic okay we're going to take a break after the break we we'll explore more um and i'm going to be asking about the experience of going and actually studying um with brene brown going to source and and what that was like stay with us Hi, fm your station of choice since 2008 Welcome back. Thank you so much for staying with us. My name is Nikki Seberini. This is the DL Link Show. In the studio, I have Julia Kerr-Henkel. Um, she is a coach. Um, she is also a certified Brené Brown facilitator. We are talking about vulnerability. We are talking about courage. I think it is a very important discussion, certainly when we look at our world collapsing uh, it is, you know, it is. When we look around and we look at what's happening, and certain, well, we just have to look at what happened in Wall Street a couple of days ago, literally collapsing. The walls are coming down. Um, and, Julia, you know, we, it is. The reality is that, that borders are closing, economies are shutting down, more and more people are getting ill. The walls are falling down. And for the person who's listening now, how do they manage that in, in, in that, uh, in that moment of, of this fear. I think they've got to ask themselves, do I have all
2: the data to freak out? Do I have all the data to freak <laughs> out? Yeah. <laughs> and if I do, then maybe freaking out is, uh, is a necessity. But mm. if not, please, please cultivate calm, speaking slowly, breathing, keep assessing what's real versus what's hyped or imagined because we, in the absence of data, we make stuff up. Mm. Our brains like to work like that We like a goody and a bad guy We like a beginning, a middle and an end We love a story And if we don't have all the pieces of that story We fill in the gaps And often with conspiracies You know, dramatic Mm confabulations And, and, you know, sometimes worst case scenarios So Mm -hmm. I'm not downplaying the anxiety people have at the moment Or the real threat of what's happening in the world It's very, very real But I think people have a responsibility to ask themselves, what am I doing to contribute to this? Mm. You know, as South Africans, why this works so important to me is that we have a kind of tendency to complain a lot, to criticize a lot, and to be quite resigned or resentful, which is really frustrated and we rant and rail about stuff. Mm. And I'm saying, how can we start to contribute more and own our own part in in that contribution?
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay. So – you said that with your coaching that you've been doing for many, many years, um, something spoke to you mm. in terms of Brene Brown because going into corporate and doing that I think, well how would you bring courage and vulnerability yeah. into corporates and this was a way for you to do it. When did you go and study with her? So in March
2: last year, twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. um Brene launched her book twenty um her book called Dare to Lead, which is her fifth New York Times number one bestseller. In November, and she is on a mission to scale courage across the world, and she can't do it on her own. Mm-hmm. And she's a, an introvert and a researcher, and she's got a very full life and uh, as a woman, has a lot on her hands. And um, she put out a call to certified coaches, people who work a lot in the organisational development space, etc. And we had to go through a very rigorous application process and provide all sorts of, you know, supporting certificates to prove that we had this ability to to deal, you know, very heavy topics like shame and vulnerability, especially in the workplace. And I was very determined, and I did a big vision board. And I'd met Brene in 2012 at a conference in London, mm-hmm. and she literally took a crowbar to the armoring around my heart. And I really started uh, tracking her—you could say stalking—and
0: yeah. <laughs> tracking re- sounds much And better. really
2: started wondering how do I start to bring this work more actively versus subtly into my um, into my toolbox and into the work that I do. So. Hallelujah, I got the message to say you've been accepted. I was at the first cohort. There's about 600 of us globally um, now doing this work. We have... Um, you know, trained about 25,000 people globally in the courage skill set And mm-hmm. yeah, I hauled my butt all the way over to San Antonio in Texas And spent a few days um, training with her in person Up close like you and I are now And everyone says to me, what she like, what she like And I was absolutely terrified to go Because she really is a role model um, for me And somebody that I had put on a pedestal I'm always nervous to do that because they can so easily tipple off But she's exactly what you hope what you see, what you hear, what you read about. And she's just a real, genuine, authentic person who is hilariously funny. I mean, I cried hard both from positivity and as well as laughter, laughter. And, and humor and she's super bright and she's unbelievably generous. And I think what's important for people to know is she is so bounded So, she is able to be incredibly generous but also say this is what is okay. This is what, what is not okay. This is what I'm willing to give and this is what I'm not. And for me, that spoke to the importance of prioritizing in life. And sometimes we have to disappoint others by saying, no, I can't do that. Mm. So I had a real moment with her at the, at the training because um, what had happened in the room, there was about 100 people in the room and you know, very influential people, And a racial incident took place. It's irrelevant what happened, but there was a part of me as a South African going, wow, it doesn't just happen just here. Mm -hmm. you know. This is really quite key to see how she handles it. And like any good facilitator, she handed it back to the audience and asked us to just have a conversation. She paused the agenda and said, this is one of the most important things we've got to lean into. Those conversations around race, diversity, inclusion make us feel so vulnerable because – we think we're going to say something wrong, do something wrong, et cetera. Anyway, what happened is you pass these microphones around and ask people to just have a conversation. And I had been really praying for a moment. Please give me a moment where I can, you know, speak to her. And she's, you know, said, yes, Julia from South Africa. And I just said to her, look, um, we as South Africans have lost our way and we are not having a lot of conversations. They're missing conversations all over the place. And I feel that we need to build the courage to start going to those places again mm-hmm. because we've been disappointed in the Rainbow Nation. And I'm really asking you to please come to South Africa and do this, not for me, but for the 50 million people who live here. And as I said that, like I'm saying it now, mm-hmm. I've got this massive lump in my throat. Mm-hmm. And she kind of leaned forward and she just said, and you could hear a pin drop. She just said, look, at the chances of that are unlikely. I'm trying to write a book a year. I'm trying to do all these things, but I will provide as much support as possible because I can see you've got a passion for this and it's really important to build nations and to build them one person at a time. So, you know, I went to her afterwards and said, thank you. You broke my heart publicly, (laughs) but you also taught me to lean into vulnerability in that moment. And gosh, I knew the feeling of being both brave and courageous at the same, brave and afraid at the exact same time but ultimately I just thanked her for for demonstrating to me as a woman how to say no Mm. with grace
0: Mm. Mm. absolutely not make promises oh I'd
2: love to come or one day she's very honest she just jumped up out of her chair and she gave me a big kiss and she said oh thank you so much for saying that she said because every part of me wants to say yes I'll come help you you crazy South African woman (laughs) but I just can't but you tell me what you need and I'll try and help you as best I can Mm. And so that's 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 is she's genuine and she's real and Outside of that, we have made the most amazing community of people that are doing this work around the world and I'm speaking to people in Hawaii and Australia and, you know, Germany and you name it, UK, who are also doing this work and we're actively sharing stuff. Like, mm-hmm. here's a document, try this, what about that? Oh, okay, good luck, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm standing with my hands at your back as you're stepping into a radio interview, whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Just, I love that. So, so you so joined
2: a whole community like yeah, your own tribe. And I think this is the essence of it is that when you're really generous and authentic and are sticking to what is important and what you believe in, it is contagious. And that's what we're trying to do is get people to, to really realize what they can still control and
0: influence. Okay, so we we were talking and we went off on a tangent, yeah, and I'm sure I you did. don't Much I'm sure, No, <laughs> I'm so good at going on <laughs> tangents. I'm sure people want us to go back to you know you spoke about skills to build courage, mm. um, and that the first one was rumbling with vulnerability. Yeah. So
2: from four hundred thousand pieces of data and over twenty years of research, she really honed it down to wh- what are the characteristics, the skill set. That can be taught to people who want to be braver. So, yeah, rumbling with vulnerability. The second is living into our values. And that all sounds a bit sort of wishy-washy, but really getting clear on what are my personal and professional values. They are like lights and lanterns that shine the light in the dark. And sometimes we put our values down, we walk away from them, and we slip and we slide and we get ourselves into trouble. The important thing with values is understanding that they really help us stay in our integrity. Which is all about doing what's right over what's fun, fast or easy. Mm-hmm. And importantly, especially in the workplace, and we're doing a lot of this work in communities and schools is how do I very clearly define the behaviors that live, that speak to each of those values rather than just having, you know, posters up that say these are our five values. How do we really live into the behavior so we can then measure them and hold ourselves account to that? The third skill mm-hmm. set is braving trust. To trust is to be vulnerable and to build vulnerability and trust you, you kind of need the two together. They are like chicken and egg and they are slow layering and stacking. So braving is an acronym. It's an inventory we talk to because I had to say to you, you know what, Nikki, you know, I don't trust you anymore. I mean, your brain would blow off, right? Because mm-hmm. we just go limbic when that happens. Mm-hmm. So the inventory speaks to what is the element that I'm calling into question here. So B stands for boundaries. What is okay? What isn't okay? R is reliability. A is accountability, so how consistently do I show up? V is vault, can I keep information that you share with me in the vault? Um, I is integrity, doing what's right over what's fun, fast, or easy, living into our values, not just talking about them. And then the N and the G are very closely linked, non-judgment and generosity. If somebody is really triggering and hooking me, can I offer them the most generous assumption behind their behavior? So... And then the
0: last one is learning to rise. We're going to break. The last one we're going to do after the break, stay right where you are. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thank you for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Um, having a wonderful conversation with Julia kerr Um We're talking about her workshops, um, going over and studying with Brene Brown, becoming a certified um, facilitator of um, this Dare to Lead and bringing this program here to South Africa. And, um, you know, Julia just has this Great desire to, to get the message to as many people as possible. Just before the break, we were talking about the, the skills, um, to, in order, needed to build courage. Um, we've said, um, rumbling with vulnerability, um, values, that's your, your personal and professional, um, braving trust, um, number four, learning to rise. Yeah.
2: So this idea of if you're going to be brave with your life, your work, your relationships, Um, There will be times Guaranteed where you will experience Failure, setback and disappointment But if you don't have the skills And the know-how and the ability To understand the emotions That hook and trigger you in those moments Especially shame, you're Mm -hmm. going to have a lot of shame Gremlins coming up and going, what were you thinking You should Mm -hmm. never have tried that You see, I told you, you should just stay small Um, If you don't have the skills To get back up again, you're never going to Risk again So there's something about being able to get back up again after setbacks and keep going. And to be honest, when we don't, there is no possibility for innovation because that's what innovation is. It's about experimenting, failing, Failing, making mistakes, learning from that and fixing and getting Mm. back out there Mm. again. And we all know that the world needs more innovation, not just in our businesses and our products, but in the way in which we show up. I think we can always be reimagining ourselves in some way. And there are going to be times where yeah, you're going to get criticism. You are going to have setback and disappointment. But what? You just pack it up and say, well, you know, I tried once to be brave, and that's it. No, you get back out there again.
0: Mm, and uh, it's just feedback. Criticism's just feedback. It's just information. It change the context. But it's it? if you
2: buy it, you know, am I buying what's being said to me? Yeah, that's the
0: dangerous thing. Mm. So amazing that you talk about these are all skills. You know, we, we can have the conversation about vulnerability and courage and doing all of these things, but you're saying step one, step two, there are skills and if you implement them and you, you really want to turn your life around, it's, it's absolutely possible.
2: Absolutely, and um, it's a curriculum actually So Dare to Lead is a curriculum That's what we've been trained to facilitate In organisations, schools, communities And in the public So um, I run public three-day trainings There are four or five happening the rest of the year You can go check it out on my website um, And of course there's um, a lot of stuff that gets done in-house So organisations want to bring elements of this in Whether it's a keynote Or building it into an existing learning and development programme That they have and, and of course there's a lot that's freely available. So, um, BreneBrown.com has a lot of information, lots of free downloads, and of course, um, her books, which are readily available at exclusives or anywhere online. So I'd really encourage people to, to be brave and, um, to know that courage is contagious. It just takes a few people showing up in a different way to, Bring about a very different kind of culture. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what we need. And her dare to lead was based on a research question, which is what needs to shift in the way in which we're leading in these uncertain times? And the answer is we need braver humans, leaders, and more courageous cultures. Mm. And when we don't have courage present, whether it's in an organization, a family, a community, a school, you have a whole lot of really, really negative but prolific behaviors. And the first one is we avoid tough conversations. We don't give people feedback. We talk about them rather than to them. We don't get lots of innovation. We had lots of groupthink. People don't feel it's safe to take risks or decisions. So you have a lot of, you know, going around in circles. And that's not what we need more of. Mm. We need more bravery and courage and people being open and honest and authentic and owning up to their mistakes and their errors and them not being penalized for that. Hmm.
0: Sobering this conversation actually. Well, it wakes us up, wakes yeah. us up to this moment now, Good. everything we're talking about, that, that it can feel like the world is falling apart. As I said, it really does. It's in, you, you, you watching these walls collapse or not, you know, the external world, what is going on internally. Yeah. And that's what we have control over, which is yeah. a wonderful thing.
2: And when things are falling around you, the best thing to do is to breathe and to find your feet. Yeah. So go to that which is solid. Mm, love it. Center yourself. And and the body will always speak first. It never lies. It always wins and it keeps score. So go to your body first. It's free. Breath. It's there. Keep still. Keep connecting with people that are good for you. Mm. Don't tune into those people who
0: you know hype things up to a point of hysteria. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Lot, of, lot happening with that, Julia. Very quickly before I say goodbye, your website for people to get the information. Sure. What is the website? Luminos L U M I N O S dot co dot za. Luminos L U M I N. Os.co.za. Julia, thank you so much. Lovely to have you on the thank show. You. It's been an absolute pleasure. Wow. So, um, as I said, you know, we can't do anything about this external madness that's happening at the moment. All I can say to um, those of you who are listening: stay. So stay in a place of peace and joy and with everything happening um, and stay healthy and look after yourself and wash your hands and absolutely be cautious, but you're living. And uh, um, this moment is the moment that we have. I hope that we were able to, we weren't able to clarify too much with regards to the Jerusalem Marathon, just that it has not been canceled. It is postponed until October when the organizers know that there is no... Um, uh, any danger to people coming in or people in Israel, they will absolutely be announcing um, those dates, but we will continue training we will continue to do what we do the DL link always does what it does, helping you helping the community I hope you've enjoyed the show, For me Nikki Seberini until next week, do take care, goodbye